Hello, and welcome to episode number 62 of the Havy Digital Podcast, a show for creators, makers, and doers, where my goal is to help you make to the max. My name is Ryan, and in this episode, everybody's going to be watching the Super Bowl, so we're just going to talk about a few updates. Let's get into it. remember which applause it is. We'll give them both. <laughs> you know how that goes. I don't use this soundboard nearly enough. I need to uh, I need to start using it more. Well, hello and welcome to the show. If you're new here, uh, I my name is Ryan, Ryan Hafey, um, and I host a weekly live stream podcast on which I essentially document my process through all the different things that I'm interested in. And the things that I'm interested in are typically video creation, photography, video editing, uh, photo editing, FPV as of within the last maybe few months or so, obviously podcasting and live streaming. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel where I haven't uploaded a lot lately, but I do have uh, a good amount of tutorials over there, uh, especially on podcast setup and some other things as well, uh, a lot related to um, you know, video editing, premiere photography and all that kind of stuff. So if that's stuff that you're into, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you happen to be watching or listening. And also follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, feel free to stop by over there after the show is done and ask me a question. I'm always happy to answer questions. So, oh boy, let me see. Am I dropping any frames? Dropped a few, 65 drop frames, not bad. Um, Drop frames, by the way, I know I haven't talked about this for a little while, but basically if your upload speeds can't handle the bandwidth of the stream that you're sending out to YouTube, it's going to start dropping frames. I've been having some um, issues with drop frames in recent episodes. For whatever reason, my upload speeds have been inconsistent. They've, they'll be, they'll go up to, I did a test right before this. It was up to like 200 megabits uh, a second. And then I've had it drop down to like 20, 30 for no apparent reason. I haven't been able to narrow down why that is because if I do tests directly from my primary router, because I use the Euro router system, everything seems to come in okay. So not sure what that's all about, but uh, hopefully looks like we're, we're holding steady at 65 drop frames, so I'm not too worried about it. So today, I'm not expecting too much interaction on this episode. You know, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Everyone's obviously going to be you know, preparing and watching the Super Bowl or most people. Luckily, it hasn't started yet, so it's not like I'm overlapping it. But I figured uh, I'd just kind of get on and shoot the shit a little bit and talk about some of my updates from the week. Things that I'm working on, nothing really of substance. Just we're going to take it easy today. Um, first thing that uh, you may or may not notice if you listen to last week's episode, um, the audio might sound a little bit clearer today. As I have discussed previously, I have a lot of electricity flowing in this area. There's a lot of different things that require power. Um, I just bought a new little power bank that sits back. I don't have, you know, whatever. Uh, it sits back behind this monitor that's off camera here. Uh, and when, and the reason I switched that was so I could basically have more opportunity to turn things off and on with the push of a button. Not that important. But what was what is important is that when I first put this new power bank back there, I started noticing a lot of electrical feedback in my headphones. 
I don't think a lot of that was coming through in the audio. It might have snuck in a little bit, but it was showing on the levels here, so maybe it was. I don't know. But um, there was a lot of electrical noise coming into the headphones. I thought maybe it was because of the proximity of this new power strip thing that I got. So I tried moving it around, and it temporarily you know, reduce it a little bit, but then I got it back on again and it was doing the same thing. So, um, what I eventually tried was something simple and the simple answers are, are always the best. And that is just to replace the old XLR cable, uh, that I had connected to this microphone because the XLR cable that I was using previous to this was, I think it was like a 10 foot cable. And this is literally traveling from here down to here and then into the roadcaster, which is right here. So, um, what I think might've been happening is there were just too much extra cable, too many extra cables and electrical cables around that cable. Cause it was kind of like wound up and sort of tucked behind my desk there. But, uh, as soon as I swapped that out for this one, much shorter, didn't need to coil it up a whole bunch. Um, that extra noise went away and that makes me happy because it's so distracting to be on here and, uh, hearing that as you're trying to talk and concentrate and produce a live podcast. So that makes me happy. If you're on, uh, it'd be great to know how the audio sounds. If it's sounding good, let me know. Uh, next up on my list of updates, I, uh, I, I guess I'm mining Bitcoin again. Um, if, if you've, unless you're blind or live under a rock, you've probably seen that the prices of cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, Ethereum, are shooting way up again. Uh, I am not a cryptocurrency expert by any means. So please do not take anything that I'm about to say as any form of advice because I'm not giving advice. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just do what I feel like doing and if it works out, great. So uh, back previous to this, when when crypto was, especially Bitcoin was on the rise, uh, Bitcoin mining was the the popular thing to do. And in order to mine Bitcoin, I don't know all the technicalities of it, but essentially you utilize your computer's hardware components, most commonly your GPU, your graphics card. Um, and through some process of some black magic, you know, blankery, you're able to mine Bitcoin. And apparently Bitcoin, the way that Bitcoin works is there, you're only going to be able to mine so much. They're only going to be, they're, they're only making so much Bitcoin. There's going to be a cap at how much Bitcoin can be made. And for that Bitcoin to be made, people have to mine it. And to mine it, you essentially have people all over the world that use their GPUs and their own power sources to mine this crypto. And once it's mined, it's yours until obviously you send it somewhere or use it to purchase something, whatever it may be. But uh, yeah, you can you can mine Bitcoin and it's legit. And now what I will say is that you're not, unless you've spent thousands of dollars on graphics cards and high-end PCs, you're probably not going to get a whole lot out of it. Uh, but you know, like right now, I think the last, so the, the, the program that I used to, to mine Bitcoin is called nice hash. There was a, another one that I used a while back. I can't remember what it was anymore, but nice hash is pretty straightforward. Um, setup is pretty easy. I have a, a GTX 1080 graphics card, which is what I'm using to mine. So essentially, whenever I'm not using my computer, I will just run the miner and it essentially just kind of pumps that GPU gets it going in order to, to mine it. 
Um, and there's a nice hash has a nice hash and it's nicehash.com. There's a link in the description right now. Um, but uh, it'll give you like an estimator. It'll look at, look at your hardware and tell you how much on average or what it estimates that you can make in a day in Bitcoin. And uh, the estimate that I got before I started mining again was about four bucks a day, which doesn't sound like much. But if you can run it for, let's say, you know, 18, 20 hours a day when you're not actually sitting at the computer, uh, that's... Let's say you make $2 a day from the time that you're actually mining. $2 a day times 30 days, that's 60 bucks a month in free Bitcoin. And let's say you um, you believe that Bitcoin's gonna continue to go up. Well, there you go. Now you've got some money that you've, you're automatically investing and then you can just continue to grow that little that little love Bitcoin nut you have. Again, I don't uh, I don't recommend that anybody go out and do this unless you know what you're talking about that's very hypocritical of me to say, cause I really don't know how it all works. I'm just kind of doing it and I know that it works cause I've done it in the past. So that's why I continue to do it. So, Hey, then do what you want to do, I guess. But yeah, a uh, nice hash. If you want to check that out, nicehash.com. Uh, the other thing is FPV. Got some FPV updates. Oh, hell on. Let's see. We've been live for what? 14 minutes. Sometimes the time flies when you're doing this. But anyway, FPV updates. So what's new this past week? I've been spending a lot of time on simulators. Uh, who knows? Depending on how I'm feeling today, maybe we'll even play one for a little bit just to show you how uh, how it looks and show off some progress, I guess. But um, I've just been spending a lot of time with simulators. Velocidrone is a simulator that I've had for a while now. Um, and that one's not bad. The, I just recently picked up another simulator called liftoff, which uh, you can get through steam and that one I'm leaning towards liking that one a little bit better. It has a lot of the same features, you know, you can pick different, uh, different, uh, drones, different quads, and then you can customize the settings to kind of more match whatever it is that you're flying. So I've done that. Um, I find that it's a little bit more realistic in that, you know, for example, when you when you arm a drone, let's get let's get this guy down here. Oh, I'll show you. I'll explain why I have one discolored prop in a moment. But when you have, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So, so when you arm the drone, meaning when you start the propellers so that you can go fly, um, the drone's going to kind of it's going to vibrate a little bit because the motors are moving and everything like that. And Velocidrone, when you you know. When the when when you start the game, the drone just kind of sits there, and then when you hover, it sort of just hovers in one spot until you start to move. You know the the roll and the pitch and all that kind of stuff. In uh, liftoff, you know you kind of see it as you're as you're sitting on the ground, armed. There's a little bit of vibration, and then when you when you rise up, you know it's it feels a little bit more realistic. Uh, and when you crash into things, it'll kind of show you a little damage report of your drone. So just a little bit more lifelike. Well. Um, I've been doing quite well in, I mean, relatively speaking, just like kind of comparative to maybe a couple months ago. Uh, but I've been doing pretty well in these, um, in these, uh, these simulators. So the other day I went to fly, uh, by this nearby field. And if you follow me on Instagram, you, you would have seen a video that I posted, um, but basically there's this big open field with not much in it. And I'll just kind of 
fly around there and, and, and test out different, different, uh, flight paths and, and maneuvers and things like that. But behind me is kind of like this air, this entrance to a neighborhood, excuse me. And, um, in this little entrance area, there's, you know, they put some, some trees and some things like that to try to make it look nice. Um, but the trees are separated enough to where you could fly through with a drone if you really wanted to. So I thought, Hey, I'll, maybe I'll try my hand. I've been doing really good in these simulators kind of going in and out through the trees. So I'll, I'll see what I can do here. And I, I, uh, fly through, come out of it. Okay. Come around to do it again. And this time when I was going around a tree out of nowhere, I, I was too close to a tree that was behind me that obviously I couldn't see cause I can only see in one direction and it hit on right here, basically in the tree. And then, or actually I don't even think this was what hit because obviously this was what was against the tree. And you can see, let's see, I don't know if it'll show up, but you can see on these props here that they're a little scraped up, but these are still in decent shape, um, these two here. But this one I think is what probably hit when when it hit the ground. So it just, and one of the, the um, propellers was bent. So I replaced it with this other one, uh, but this was the only other color that I had was this peach looking color. So that's what I got. But yeah, it 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 hit the tree, and instantly the drone just shot out of this out of the sky. Luckily, it wasn't that far off the ground. Maybe I don't know eight feet, and outside of the uh, the prop damage, which those props for like a set of four is like three or four bucks, so no biggie there. The prop was a little bit damaged, um, but just had to swap it out, and everything else was good to go. Um, but these simulators are a lot of fun, and if you're interested at all in FPV, and you want to just work on kind of getting that muscle memory because it's it's not exactly the same as flying in real life but it's you can get it pretty close if you fine-tune it enough um but it's a great way to get that muscle memory going and 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 kind of really get the feel i've been working on ways to uh try to i've been working on my hand placement just realized been talking that whole time on a different angle oh well but been working on hand placement as well. Let's see if I can illustrate this here. Apologies if you are listening to this, but I'll try to explain it here. We'll go back to this angle. So I tend to like to fly. That may be too much, too much zoom. That's fine. I tend to like to fly where I, I'm holding the sticks with two fingers. Now, the DJI remotes are pretty fat and I think they're, it seems like they're designed to be used more like this, which that's fine. But if you, if you're doing something and your finger slips off, then you got to go back and you got to hunt for it. You got to find it. So what I try to do is, um, at least have a second finger on there to help with control. So I can kind of help, you know, push it in one way or the other. But the problem with holding it like this and sort of having my hands on the underside is that, I'm, I'm limiting myself in this direction because my finger kind of stops here. So like if I, if I really need a lot of throttle and, you know, I can kind of get my finger up to the top there, but I don't have as good of control of the stick anymore when I do that. So that makes it a little tough. So I was trying with a different position where I bring, I more or less, because this is going to be hanging off of my neck, put the sides of my hands here. And then that way I can bring my fingers a little bit higher versus having my hands underneath. If I can have it on the top there, I could be moving it around like this. 
I can have full range of everything and not be as concerned about it. And so far it's worked pretty well and it's done well in these simulators. I got to go test it out um, in the real world to see how I like it there. But, uh, you know, it works, gets the job done. Um, another thing too, that I didn't realize. So this was the, this was the, uh, remote, the first tra uh, radio that I bought. This will work, I believe with, um, like fat shark, you know, transmitting devices, whatever they're called. Um, but, or maybe it won't, I can't remember, but I know that this one you can plug into your computer directly with a, uh, uh, USB, and that's what a lot of people use on some of these simulators. It's got good reviews online. It worked for a while, and actually the sticks feel very similar, um, but it's not exactly what I use when I fly. So um, what I found out is that these DJI remotes, uh, they have a uh, USB-C right here, and you can plug these into your computer and use them on some of these simulators, which is great because now I can practice in a simulator and use the actual radio that I'm going to be using when I'm actually flying. So I feel like it's been a big help. So that's been fun. And then moving on from that, the, uh, so here's what happened. That's all. I'm not going to get it, but, um, so, uh, last week I talked about a recent, um, fight week tri uh, trip. I, I just went on in uh, Los Angeles and, so to, to recap something that happened back in December, I was at a, a, the, uh, a fight week in uh, Dallas for Errol Spence Jr. versus Derek, Danny Garcia. I brought my Pentax MX, which is a 1970s film camera, and took some really cool, what I thought were going to be really cool photos during the week uh, on a roll of film, Kodak Instamax, only to get back and realize that uh, I hadn't properly loaded the film and the, I wasn't taking any pictures at all. It was just, there was, it wasn't winding the film every time I would take a picture and try to wind the film. So I came back and, and had to learn the news that none of my photos were exposed. So that was a bummer. So I thought, okay, I'll try it again. So I went to, um, this fight week in LA and I brought my Canon AE one, which is also a film camera from the 1970s. And there had been a roll of film in it for a while. I couldn't recall how long, but it had been in there for a while. So, um, and I also, but, but I thought the roll was new because when I looked at the top, the, 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 the photo counter, the, the counts, how many shots you've taken on that roll of film was, was low. I think it was like six or seven. So I'm like, cool, I'll pack this one this time and uh, we'll try to get some, some more five photos. So I go to LA and, you know, I like to take a, a few shots from the hotel as well, just to kind of set the scene and with all the COVID restrictions and everything like that and all the bubble um, precautions, wanted to be able to capture that and then realize that, uh, oh, this, this roll of film didn't have nearly as many photos on it as I thought. And the reason is because apparently at some point I opened the rear, uh, the, 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 the back of the camera to check and see if there was actually any film inside. And there was, um, so I ran out of, uh, photos or I ran out of film before I could even shoot any of the fighters or, you know, anything from fight night, which was a bummer. But I also realized in that moment that I remember 
taking this camera with me to a fight in 2017 and shooting some photos on it. And it turns out it was April, 2017. And it turns out that this roll of film was still in there. So it was a four-year-old or nearly a four-year-old roll of film. And, uh, and there were a few fight photos on it among some other photos that I had forgotten that I had taken for the last four years. So what I thought I would do is pull these photos up and, uh, show you what came out of it. So we've got a, um, there's a, a local photo uh, developing place nearby. And I've always, they've done a really good job. Uh, I always like how they process the photos. So um, I just kind of take everything there and let them do their thing. But we're going to go through these. And the, the photos um, were not in any particular order when they were sent. Some of them, it kind of goes back and forth between old and new photos, but we'll show you what we got here. So let's go to the screen. Oops, wrong one, not that one. This one, in and out, there we go. All right, so this is an old photo. This is actually my late dog, Boogie. Um, Boogie actually looks very similar to our new dog. But this is a boxer, uh, boxer pit bull. He, we actually just passed his one-year uh, death anniversary. He passed away on January 26th. Rest in peace, Boogie. Great dog. Um, but yeah, this was a photo I took of him back in 2017. Now you can tell that the colors are very greenish, yellow. There's a lot of purple in there, some pinks and things like that. So just from this first photo, you you get the indication that, okay, this, this film over four years was not good anymore. Uh, and I'm totally okay with that. And you'll see why as we go through these photos. The, the thing I like about film is that there's so much that's out of your control in a lot of ways. Um, you know, if you, if you accidentally open the back of a camera and you let light in, you're going to get some interesting artifacts in your photos. If you let the film sit for too long, you're going to get some interesting colors in your photos. Um, so it's, it's almost like you're opening like a mystery box every time you get a roll of film back. Cause you're like, okay, what, what cool thing happened while I was shooting this roll of film? So this is just kind of one side effect. So there's Boogie. Here is a, this is an old shot. I can tell because I had hair. Um, just a little selfie. Again, with those kind of vintage yellowish green colors. I guess I didn't like the first one, so I took another one. This is my daughter, Kaylin. She's now four years older, but... Whoops, wrong way. What's going on? There we go. I really like this photo. I know it's a little bit overexposed. This is This is the window in our house here. But even though it's overexposed, the highlight roll off on this is so nice. Like you don't, it's, it's, you can't do this in digital. Like it would just be like a white blob and then it would, there would be some weird artifacts and then it would kind of, you know, transition into less exposed skin. But, you know, I don't know. I just like the way that looks, even though it's a little bit overexposed, but cute picture of her. This is uh this is a, is this an old photo? I honestly don't even remember. I think it's old. Uh, but this is uh just the highway on the way towards Las Vegas um, from my home. So here's some of the fight photos. This is and I love how the this I don't I don't know if it's a light leak. I don't know if there's a, a you know some some leaks in the camera that's letting in a little bit of light on the top and bottom because you can kind of see this purple vignette that's on the top and bottom 
Um, or if again, that's just a result of some of the, uh, of the old film and, and of that aging process. But this was, uh, Her, uh, versus Olvera 26 or 2017, April 29th, uh, at Samstown, which is a local, um, a local casino resort. So this is about the fight's about to happen and we're, let's see what's next. So here's another shot. This one, unfortunately out of focus, looks like I was focusing on this for some reason. Again, everything with film is manual focus. So shooting boxing is not, not easy. Um, obviously. And, and also I was shooting with, um, with, uh, um, 400 speed film, which if you know anything about actually, hold on. This is the film I was using. Um, and there we go. So when you look at film and you have your, yeah, this number here this is basically your, your film speed, which is kind of the equivalent to ISO. Um, so that basically means that you're, you're going to set this value on whichever camera you're using, but that's going to be kind of your set ISO value. So after that, all you have, you, you know, you just have aperture and shutter speed to work with, but you're stuck within that ISO value versus when I would normally shoot boxing, I would probably shoot at, um, with an ISO anywhere of from like, depends on the lighting, but anywhere from like 2000 or like 1600 up to I've shot as high as 6,400. It really just depends on the lighting. Uh, so ISO 400 is definitely on the low end, which means that I couldn't quite get, um, the, shutter speeds that I would have normally gotten because I would normally shoot boxing at 800, 1,800th to 1,000th 1, of a second. I don't know what I was shooting here, but I imagine it was probably like 1,500th. And then, um, and, and as a result of that, that means I would have to keep the aperture wide open. This had a 50 millimeter lens on it at the time. And that 50 millimeter lens is a 1.8 lens. So I can get that aperture super wide, but that also means that the depth of field is going to be super shallow. So focusing, focusing on two moving characters in and out of the ring while trying to lock in that focus to where it actually looks in focus is difficult because of that short um, plane of depth of field, that shallow depth of field. So yeah, that's why this one's a little bit out of focus, but let's go on to the next one here. Another fight photo, uh, a little bit more in focus, but mostly on this guy here. Let me actually... There we go. Um, yeah, another another shot there. Same kind of deal. Same colors. Same sort of orangish, greenish with the with the purple. I actually kind of like the contrast of that though. The purple with the uh, the, the kind of yellowish, orangish, whatever. It, it's a just a, a different look that I wasn't expecting, but am, am not mad at. Also, we got a, that this grain. Let's see. Look at that grain. Just like film grain that you can't get from digital. You can't replicate that. But anyway, hey, here's one that's actually in focus. Nice, uh, even got some some spit out there. So shutter speed must have been decently high. Okay. This one I thought was kind of funny because my man looks a little bit distracted here. Just a little bit. Just a little. I think he won, which is good. But uh, get your head in the game, bro. Um, don't know why I took that one. That one's kind of this one. I think I had high hopes for. Maybe I was trying to shoot through some foreground elements. Looked a little under underexposed, so this one's not that interesting. Uh, another fight shot. Not that interesting. 
this one's okay. Some interaction going on. Decently in focus. I'll take it. Got a little sweat splatter up there. Wish I would have been focusing on him versus him, but hey, I'll take it. Kind of like the action going on there. And I think what I want to do actually, because I also shot this this fight in um, digital. So maybe, and actually uh, uh, someone on Twitter, Mark Perry, at Mark Perry Media, I think is his Twitter handle, if you're watching. Um, but he suggested that uh, I try to um, replicate this effect. So I thought it would be cool maybe next week. I will um, grab a digital shot from this fight and then um, try to uh, replicate this style from the digital photo. Moving on, this shot was, uh, this is again a shot of Boogie. Um, I actually really like this photo. Just, you sort of have this framing that's going on here. It's, ob it's obviously a little bit overexposed, which is okay. But you've got this kind of interesting framing with with Boogie right in the middle. And obviously the attention goes right to him. So it's kind of a cool little shot of him chilling in the sun. Uh, not sure what happened here. This looks like this might have been right around the time when uh, I tried opening the back of the camera. Um, this is just of my setup here. I'm trying to think. So this is old. Yeah, this is old. And I can tell because I've got... I've got that hard drive sitting up here. I've got the, a different sound um, audio interface. Uh, that thing I don't have in here anymore. So this is definitely an old shot. But I, that's interesting that I didn't even realize that I've had this setup since 2017. Hmm. Shot of my son Bryce. Again, um, must have been around the time when I opened the back of the camera because, and this is a recent shot, Obviously, whenever you do that, you get this sort of orange glow. That's kind of cool looking. This shot I actually really love. Again, another shot where I must have opened the back of the camera. Um, but the the exposed part of the film, the part of the film that got exposed when I opened the back, only covered half of the shot. So, And it kind of goes almost directly up the center of his face. I like to call this a happy accident. But my son, who can never make a straight face, was a... A good sport for this photo. Here's another shot of him, very backlit. Obviously, you know the, these cam these these um, film cameras. Some of these ones from 1970s have onboard exposure um, meters to help you figure out which settings you should use. And of course, you know if if I'm shooting in this direction with all this light coming in the back, because it, it's going to expose for the back. Um, and even that, even then having exposed for the light coming in through the window, it's still overexposed, but everything else is, is underexposed. The dynamic range on some of these film cameras, maybe not the best. <laughs> this one's kind of cool. Um, this one is uh, of my 11-year-old uh, daughter, the aforementioned Kaylin, um, in her room playing on her gaming PC. I actually kind of like how you can sort of you can see what's going on here. Obviously, there's some gaming, gaming headphones. She's got a game on her thing there. She's got some cool lights and everything. And then everything else outside of that is mostly silhouetted. You can see the RGB of, of the computer. But you get just enough information to know exactly what's going on in this photo without being able to see everything. And I think that's kind of cool. And there's the super crushed blacks, which is, which is nice. Tried to do a similar shot with my son Bryce. His was not as cool. I think, uh, I think Kalen had no other lights on in her room, was just kind of playing with this, whereas my son had a, his uh, ceiling fan light on. So it kind of gave this vibe to it. 
not as not as cool looking in my opinion but you know whatever it is what it is and tried to do another this is with my old, oldest daughter you can tell what they're all into but there she is gaming on her pc as well this is a new shot these all these last three have been new shots uh here's a shot of my wife in the kitchen just doing stuff looks like she's making something i don't know what but you've got those nice sort of hints of green and the purple and stuff there makes it look very vintage while also looking modern as you can see with some of these you know just these faucet fixtures and the hoodie and all that type of thing an in interesting combination of past and present these were some of my favorite shots from this role so this the, the the degrading of this film along with you know creating these sort of yellowish brownish greenish colors really gives off that vintage look this was a photo that i took on my way to la for fight week and i love the way that this looks i just think that's so cool looking um and there's a couple more of these from the plane that are that were really neat here so this is uh just after takeoff not a ton of people on the plane i was sitting in an aisle seat but um, because I didn't have any passengers next to me, I could take a nice cool shot out the window. And there is the Las Vegas Strip on the other side there. And this, I think, is probably my favorite photo from um, the role. At first, I hated the idea of this plane wing out here. And I could technically crop it out. But it, I feel like it's, it gives you just enough context for what's going on in the photo without being a big distraction you kind of look at the photo you're like oh he's on a plane i mean that's what one would assume but hey with everything with drones and stuff like that and you know helicopters whatever you know you never know but clearly the person that took this photo is on a plane headed somewhere and i had a great view out the window you got raider stadium right there you've got the entirety of the strip including the rio over there and these colors man these these deep greens and this sort of vintage yellow color to me just looks i love it and you had an overcast sky so the contrast is not super crazy um i love this i love this photo this was a shot out my window at uh, my hotel in las vegas or uh, los angeles uh, it's funny that servant kind of how I felt at times being in in quarantine lockdown not being able to go anywhere but I had a cool little mural of Kobe uh, out my window which is interesting because I got there the day after the anniversary of his passing which is also the anniversary of the passing of my old dog boogie um thought the mural on the uh the hotel there was cool as well so figured I'd capture that this is the area uh leading to the elevators these elevators in the back, I'm pointing, but you don't know what I'm pointing at. <laughs> Some of these elevators that you can kind of see, like back there, back there, and back there, all those elevators are marked off. If you wanted to go downstairs, this elevator here, which is kind of blocked, is the only one you could take, and you had to pick up this phone and call security in order for someone to come and get you. So that was interesting. And then another um, shot of the same area, just from a little bit higher. This is a selfie I took in the hotel room for no other reason than just to take a selfie. And I guess I, I, I recall wanting to document sort of the way things were, you know, with the mask and COVID and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's, there you go. So this, this is, um, this photo I actually took a digital version of as well, which I posted to my Instagram a while back. And, uh, 
the the juxtaposition of both of them is really cool to just see how the film photo turned out versus the digital photo with a little bit of processing. I haven't, I haven't processed any of these photos. These photos are all what came from the photo processing place, but, um, you know, kind of hard to tell what's going on here, but I'm perfectly okay with that. You can, if you look closer, you can obviously see some, some, uh, what looks like water and that is it's water droplets. Uh, I wanted to focus on the water and get some nice bouquet in the background. The bouquet on this lens is quite nice. And, um, yeah, it's just a cool shot from the hotel window at the uh, the city lights. Is that it? I think that was it. Yep, that was everything. So there you go. Um, that's my, those are my most recent film photos. I love shooting film. I want to do more of it. As I've mentioned in an episode earlier this year, one of my goals is to um, shoot a roll of film a month. And I guess technically I'm kind of on track for that at this point. I still I have another role in my Pentax MX that I plan to use up this month. Um, and I want to keep doing that because, you know, it's uh, it's really cool to get those those shots back. Anyway, uh, I'm going for a lot longer than I had anticipated in this one. If you're listening to the uh, version, the audio version or, or yeah, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, excuse me, I highly recommend you go check out the video version. I'll have a link to the um, video version in the description of the audio um, podcast version of this episode. Go take a look at the photos, um, see what you think, let me know. Um, also, something that I haven't asked anyone to do, if you, uh, if you listen to the audio version of this podcast, it means a lot to me. I've been doing this for a little over a year now, and clearly by, you know, if you look on YouTube, just the number of subscribers that I have uh, for this podcast channel, I'm clearly not doing this to, while it would be great to have a big audience and to have a lot of people that chime in every week and, and participate and everything like that. I'm clearly not doing this to, um, you know, for, for audience growth per se. Uh, I do this every week because it's fun. I do this every week because it gives me an opportunity to, uh, continually practice doing this kind of stuff because I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy live streaming and uh, podcast production is something that I see myself doing more of in the future. So if I'm not practicing it, then I'm not honing in my skills. Um, but I do it because it's fun. So if you happen to be watching or listening to the audio version, it'd be great if you could go to iTunes and just give me a review. It could be, it'd be great to have a five-star review. But if, you don't, if you're not that into it, you can bring it down a little bit, whatever, whatever makes you happy. But uh, just leave a review, and and um, I'd love to know what everybody out there thinks. Uh, this year, I, I do plan to try to do some additional things to make this podcast a little bit more entertaining, a little bit cooler. And um, if you have any suggestions, I would love to hear those. So either leave me a comment or, yeah, leave a review. Let me know. Um, but with that, I'm going to go ahead and call this one done. But if you're still with me and if I brought you some value, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button wherever you have to be watching or listening. And of course, follow me on social media, uh, wherever you're or, uh, on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Ryan Hafey. And uh, feel free to come by and ask me questions or just, uh, just uh, say hello after this episode is done. But until next time, keep on creating, making and doing, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.